You're listening to the Tenuto Podcast, presented by 4th Street Records. I'm your host, Kevin Lynch, and here we go! Alright, welcome back to the Tenuto Podcast, where we are becoming our full value as music teachers. Get it? Tenuto. Full value. Becoming our full value as music teachers by listening to interviews with some of the best teachers in the country right now. If this is your first time listening, you're catching us on the end of our Big Ten tour. Uh, The podcast went around the country, went to all the Big Ten marching band directors, and uh, or at least all of those who accepted an interview invite, and got some interviews with those marching band directors, got their perspective on band camp, and today we have a fantastic, let me repeat that, fantastic interview with Barry Hauser from the University of Illinois. He sheds a lot of fun information and just an amazing guy to talk to. I felt like I could talk to this guy for hours. Um, So I, I really hope you enjoy that. Here is our segment of the week, the our trivia segment of the week. Last week, I asked a trivia question, which was, who can tell me the person who said this quote? This will be our reply to violence, to make music more intensely, more beautifully, more devotedly than ever before. The correct answer with Leonard Bernstein was Kevin Lanker. Kevin Lanker, shout out to you. Thank you for listening to the podcast. And I've actually gotten a couple of messages from Kevin over the past couple of days, giving me a lot of praise for the podcast. He said he's starting a new job. Uh, He's a choir director and he's a band guy. So he told me he's been listening to a lot of the choir interviews. And that's something that everybody should be listening to because this podcast is not just band. It's not just marching band, although I am a band director. Um, We do interview choir teachers, orchestra directors, general music. We had Wendy Sims, the director of music education from Missouri. Uh, And that's going to be coming back as we start the school year. This summer, we did a lot of marching band stuff because I recently started working with the local high school marching band on staff. I am an assistant director. Absolutely loving it. Um, The first two days of band camp were rough. I was just thrown into a room with music and told to go, music I'd never seen before, but um, that was tough. But we got through it, I got through it, and um, it's been fun ever since, learning a lot about marching band and and that kind of stuff. Um, So these interviews have been helping me a lot, I hope they're helping you guys a lot, and without further ado, let's kick it to the interview with Barry Hauser. I have Barry Hauser, the director of the Marching Illini here. Uh, thank you again so much for coming on the show. Thanks for having me, Kevin. Looking very forward to this. Yeah. So how long have you been the director of the Marching Illini? Well, I am going to be starting my seventh year here at Illinois. It's hard to believe. Wow. It's gone by very quickly. But, uh, yeah, seven years. Oh, my gosh. And, okay, so when you got the job, like, can you tell me a little bit about your path to, to becoming the director? Yeah, um, you know, I think it, it dates back uh, 
quite a while ago, um, I was a public school teacher in Florida and in Indiana uh, okay. for eight years and really enjoyed teaching K through 12 music and received a phone call from the University of Illinois to start my graduate work um, at Illinois before some of the revered faculty here were going to retire. Uh, the fourth director of bands, Professor Jim Keen, uh, was a tremendous uh -huh. mentor to me. And he was getting close to that time of retirement. So that's how I ended up, you know, kind of first coming into contact with the University of Illinois. So, so uh, where did you do your undergrad? Yeah, I did my undergrad at the University of Florida down in Gainesville. Okay, okay, got it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I had a great time there, um, but uh, ended up student teaching at a high school down there, and then they offered me a job there, which was just fantastic. Uh, right. And then, you know, taught in Indiana, um, and then that's when I received a phone call about University of Illinois. So came Very to Illinois, cool. came to Illinois to start some grad work, and um, towards the end of my first year, had heard that Professor Keene was going to be retiring the following year, uh, so... Um, an opportunity came up at Eastern Illinois University after my first year of grad work here uh, that they had their associate director of bands job open. Um, and so I jumped on that and was finishing up grad school while starting that job. So that was kind of my first taste of the collegiate realm uh, with yeah. no intention of really coming to the collegiate level. So it was really kind of testing the waters then and ended up, <laughs> ended up serving there for three years. Uh, the associate director, director of athletic bands, and then my colleague, uh, who was the director of bands, ended up taking another opportunity at Ohio State. So I ended up serving as the interim director of bands uh, for a year as well, and okay. had a fantastic time there. But then the University of Illinois called saying that they had a vacancy uh, with this position, the associate director and then the director of athletic bands. And so... Uh, Quick story there, just jumped on that, and uh, here we are, seven years later, have been in this position since. Yeah, and so I've been conducting these interviews with a bunch of different Big Ten directors, and it's funny how whenever I ask this question, a lot of people respond with, they didn't really know they wanted to do college marching band until, like, a certain point in their life. It's not like this was your plan the whole time. Like, you... It seems yeah. like you would have been fine teaching public school for your whole life. Yeah, I mean, I really, I really enjoyed that age range um, and just the opportunities to really impact their lives musically. Um, at least that's what we hope. Uh, yeah. And you know, so got a little bit of the taste of the collegiate marching band in terms of teaching. You know, of course, I was a member of college marching band when I was at Florida and loved every moment of it. But it was never the intent of this is my goal in life. I'm going to become a college marching band director. Um, right. And, you know, here we are. I wouldn't change it for the world by any means. It's a great job here and uh, love the students I get to work with and the number of entities and academic units on campus. But, uh, yeah, yeah, it's kind of was not part of the plan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. So are you glad that you went and taught public school instead of going right to college from from uh, from undergrad mm -hmm. to grad? Because there's a yeah. bunch of different paths. Oh. Yeah, I mean, I think a big part of that public school teaching experience has, has really molded me into who I am as a college professor and director. Um, it it's also gives you a little bit more street credit, I think, when you're working with your undergrad students. And not to take any away from any of my colleagues that have gone straight through, but 
you know, right. it, it's very easy to talk about being in the trenches of public school teaching when you've actually done it. And right. here you are teaching many of these undergraduates that are going to be uh, involved uh, in the public school setting. So I think there's, not that there's a greater respect, but I think it's easier to gain that respect because you've actually been there and done that. And um, I've taught in a variety of different situations. I've taught, you know, in a very affluent community, and I've taught in a very blue-collar community as well. So mm-hmm. I've seen both sides, the positives and sometimes some of the challenges. Uh, with that. So those are great experiences that I'm able to share with our students. But I think when it comes to our organization, it also has helped me because I know where a lot of these students are coming from and the types of experiences that they've had instead of having this higher education approach to things. Um, right. I'm very much on ground level with so much of what we do. And I think that creates a great atmosphere for us and a great culture for us to to develop and encourage our students to participate in. Sure, and I think it makes you a really well-rounded educator as well. Um, can you tell me a little bit about the interview process for for what it was like getting the Illini job? Were you were you nervous? I mean, what were they making you do compared to high school jobs? Yeah, um, you know, it's it was a it was very different from what I was expecting because part of it at the time. Um, because of the timeline at which the job opened up, they originally talked about just making this an appointed position for a year. Oh, okay. Um, but then, so I received a phone call that they were very interested in me as a candidate, um, mm-hmm. and more or less didn't come right out and say you got the job, but basically said, here, submit these things, and we're going to make this a formal thing. And then about 24 hours later, they came back and said, actually, we're going to do a national search. Which actually I felt much better about, so it didn't feel like I've never been given anything on kind of a silver platter. I've always had to work very, very hard to gain each of these positions. So it was a little bizarre to me that they were so willing to hand things over. Um, So I was very glad that they decided to do that. So, of course, that elongates the process, though, as well. Right. went through about two days' worth of, of an interview process of, you know, a lot of question and answers with faculty, with the ensemble directors here, a Q&A session with some of the students that could show up during the summertime, mm-hmm. um, and then just talking a lot about the vision for the program, even though there was still such a strong part of, you know, b- being in the Big Ten Conference, as you've heard from, I'm sure, many of my colleagues, there's a lot of tradition here. And yeah. this is where every band program that, that exists today probably has its tracing back to um, one of our Big Ten institutions just because of how early this place and this conference started. Um, so in looking at that, there was a lot of areas that I treaded upon very closely just in terms – I was very cautious with how I looked at things. Now, being an alum of Illinois helped. But um, it it still is a place where our alums value tradition and they don't want to see a lot of change. So Mm -hmm. how are we going to be innovative yet paying great tribute to our traditions, I think, has been and was the most difficult part of that interview process. Yeah, absolutely. I can imagine. But now that you've had it for seven years, it seems like things are going really, really well down there. And you're also doing a lot of other things um, besides just working with the Illini marching band. I, I did a little bit of research, and I, I saw you're the president of the Smith-Walbridge Clinics. 
Yeah. Um, can you tell me a little bit about what those are and why they're so important to you? Yeah. Um, you know, I owe a lot to Gary Smith, who actually is Professor Emeritus of the University of Illinois and also served in this capacity. My current office is his old office. So, you know, nothing like walking in the footsteps of giants by any means. <laughs> um, <laughs> but Walbridge Clinics was really my, my first um, eye-opening experience of just about the University of Illinois. Of course, you know, as a kid growing up in Indiana, um, I lived very close to Notre Dame. And so Notre Dame was the first collegiate marching band that, that was, you know, that existed and right. is one of the oldest marching bands in the country, of course. Yeah, my dad went to Notre Dame, and he always oh, he always yeah. brings that up to me. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah, those. Yeah, they've got to make sure that they keep that going. <laughs> uh, they, they like to remind you of that. But there's some really great folks there. Um, so Illinois was really the first comprehensive band program of a land grant institution established in 1868. So a lot of history here, and a lot of a lot of mm-hmm. hearing John Philip Sousa and so forth. But that's where I started to learn a lot from Gary Smith, who was the you know, son of Merle and Maggie Smith, who created these clinics back in 1949. It was the first of its type in terms of training of marching band leaders, uh, twirlers, drum majors, um, and people would just flock from across the country and other countries to Syracuse, Indiana, where the campgrounds existed. And then when Gary took over the camp for his parents, he was director of the Marching Illini. So the camp actually came to the University of Illinois and that was my oh, first wow. year as a camper, and I got to experience the University of Illinois campus, which just was fantastic. Um, yeah. Then following Gary's retirement, uh, we moved the camp down to Eastern Illinois University, where they're just wonderful hosts. So my wife and I purchased the camps from Gary and his wife, Bev, um, about four or five years ago and have been serving in that capacity for the past four or five years. But I've been with the camps for 26 years as a camper, as an instructor, head instructor, director. And so we uh, have about a little over 900 students from across the country, about 35 different states that come in, and we train students in the areas of marching band, color guard, drum line. We have two director tracks in terms of a marching band director track and then drill riding where we align with piewear. Um, we have over 500 drum majors that come in from across the country. Um, so it's a it's a very big part of who I am as a person, yeah. as an educator, and um, it's it's a fantastic opportunity that we're able to pass that that training on to so many students. And obviously, it's a great recruitment tool for the University of Illinois as well. Sure. Yeah. And I was going to ask you about recruitment uh, a little bit later, but I do I do really think that that is almost. I mean, that's everything that you could want in a – it's like almost a marching band camp for, yeah. for any age. It, exactly, so, exactly. Really, and, really uh, cool. That we're able to share a little bit. Now, we don't, you know, cram it down their throat by any means in terms of come to the University of Illinois, but it's it's very subtle that uh, if they want to take a look at the many opportunities that we have here, of course, we pass that on, and we, we have really reaped some fantastic benefits from kind of having this dual role in Smith-Walbridge and certainly here at Illinois with the Marching Illini. Sure. So what other kind of efforts do you do for recruiting during the year? Yeah, um, we do quite a bit. Um, we do a lot of outreach and a lot of different programs here on campus. We have a band day like many programs do, um, mm-hmm. but we have uh, several thousand students that come in each year for a football game. 
So that kind of serves a number of folks that they may not come from a competitive program, but our, our philosophy yeah. is we're not going to recruit from the most competitive programs. Um, we can find great players anywhere throughout the country. Um, and I think mm-hmm. that's been one of the biggest misconceptions to kind of fight through since I've been here, that I think we had a reputation of just having a pipeline with a lot of the Chicago suburbs school. And we're very fortunate that we have some great relationships up there, but we've also yeah. found that we can find some great people, you know, in small town America that, that make it here to the University of Illinois and want to participate in this fantastic organization. So that's one way that we do that. We also host the Illinois Marching Band Championship. So that's where we kind of have a little bit more of the competitive programs that are involved. Um, I do a lot of honor bands and guest conducting. So I typically visit about 50 schools each year. So there's a lot of ongoing ongoing things there that just sometimes naturally happen by invitation. And then it's just uh, I make sure that we try and do – if there's a certain pocket of the state that we haven't visited, we try and aim some efforts there as well. So when you do those honor band things, do you typically stay in Illinois or are you going are you trying um, to reach other places as well? Yeah, I think a lot of it, you know, the the honor bands really are based on invitation. So I've been yeah, in that makes Virginia, sense. been in Florida uh, as part of the all state program down there. So yeah, a variety of states um yeah. have had the wonderful opportunity. And I think a big part of accessing so many more students outside of Illinois has been how we go through our audition process that for many years they require that you be on campus uh, to do mm-hmm. an audition. And, you know, when I arrived here, we're, we're very much a part of the digital world. We don't, <laughs> we just completed our first year going completely paperless. Um, oh, wow. Which, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> very it's, cool. It's been pretty tremendous. But um, we accept video auditions, which I know a lot of our colleagues throughout the country do the same thing. But for Illinois, that wasn't necessarily a part of the fabric of, of what we yeah. could do. So by doing that, we, we this past season, we had about 22 different states represented in the Marching Illini, which isn't a large number compared to maybe some other folks throughout the country. But when you look at our past history, so much of our um, demographic came from the state of Illinois alone. Yeah. Yeah, wow. That's, that's so innovative and I didn't even think about um, recording an audition. I, I had never heard of that before. That's that's really cool. Yeah, we uh, started that I, probably about five years ago, and it's been amazing to see how many video auditions we receive from we, people as far as California, Florida, Texas, New York. Um, it's wow. really helped the recruitment efforts a great deal. Yeah, and I saw that you also you hold auditions in April. Um, yeah, is yeah. that true? Um, our audition process actually starts it's, – it's quite different than I think most. I haven't heard of many folks that do this. Um, yeah. And we're not doing it to be different. We're just doing it because this is how it works for us. Um, mm-hmm. But our audition process technically opens January 1st of the, of the new year. And um, we have several different rounds of auditions uh, because the numbers have just skyrocketed through the years. Um, on – you know, it's it's one of the best and worst days when we have our final selection, which takes place Thursday of preseason camp. Um, but unfortunately, we end up turning away over 300 students every year. Wow. So a big part of this process has really kind of developed over time to where our true audition process starts January 1st. And generally, we close things down around May 1st, uh, at a very soft deadline. 
Um, and that's based off of a music audition, a very simple play two scales of your choice, chromatic scale, uh, a couple prepared excerpts displaying lyrical and technical playing, very similar to what a lot of our colleagues do. But based mm -hmm. on that audition, then they receive one of three responses. They will receive an invitation to come to preseason camp. Um, they'll be put on a wait list, or they won't be accepted into the Marching Illini program, but we'll encourage them for, to participate in our athletic band program or our concert yeah. band program. We'll never turn anyone truly away. Yeah. Um, so if they're invited to preseason camp, then they need to work on memorizing pregame, which is about eight charts that we make them memorize between now, uh, when they're you know given that invitation, and then when they show up a week before classes start for our preseason camp. And um, that's when that last process really begins of where we do our full selection. And then Thursday, a preseason camp is where we make our final decisions. Very interesting. Sounds like that's been very successful for you, though. Um, yeah. And it's, it's, honestly, for me, just listening to, to everything that you're a part of and everything that you're doing, it's it's very crazy to me that you're doing all these things. I'm sure, I mean, how do you manage your time so well? <laughs> I don't know if I am <laughs> managing it that well, but... Um, you know, we've, we've made it work. Um, it's, we don't have a very big staff here uh, at Illinois, um, and that's another kind of challenge along the way, and we're working on that. Um, mm -hmm. But it's, it's something that, you know, in terms of that audition process, I listen to every single audition as well, and many of my colleagues yeah. say, why are you doing this to yourself? But <laughs> we're, we're at a point where, yes, it's based off of great musicianship, and we want to make sure that they can march while exhibiting that musicianship. But so much of where we are right now as well is really based on who they are as a citizen and what they're going to contribute to our organization. Um, yeah, and I I can really just hear the dedication you have to Illinois in every answer that you're giving. And that's, that's truly amazing for me to hear. How do you keep your energy going throughout the season? I mean, it seems like you've got so much energy. I think a lot of that, and I, I bet a lot of my colleagues would say the same thing, to where the job itself is extremely taxing, but the benefits of seeing how the students respond to these things. I mean, I remember initially first teaching and knowing exactly why I want to go into teaching had a lot to do with music, but I think music, edu I always say this as a phrase, of music education has always been my vehicle to reach students. And so yeah. music is a strong part of it, but honestly, it's about working with our students and making them, you know, great musicians, having a passion for music, but making them great citizens so when they go out into the real world, you know, they're going to have a tremendous impact on whatever their field will be as well. And I think that's more of our mission than teaching music. And I, I don't mean to, you know, pull away from the music side of being obviously a faculty member in the School of Music, but... <laughs> I think our, our outlet of what we do, that's one of the reasons I keep staying in this job is because, you know, the composition of our marching bands, very similar to, again, so many of them throughout the country, we get to work with students across every academic discipline. And that's something that as a public educator, I always encouraged our students, don't stop playing your instrument here after high school. Make sure that you continue to play. This is a lifelong appreciation. And if we do our job and not burning them out, it's amazing what the rewards and the paybacks will be for those students that continue to play, you know, after yeah. their time here at Illinois. So I think that's a big part of who we are. So seeing that, I mean, they, the students energize us. The students keep us going, and this is the reason we do what we do. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I actually, so I went to Illinois my freshman year of college. I was a member of the Penn State Blue Band. Oh, and yeah. And we, we took a trip out to Illinois, and not only um, are your students into it, but the students at the university in general who were at the football games, they they had, like, a huge sign that was for the, the marching band, and it seemed like everyone was really into the halftime show. It just seems like Illinois really, really respects their marching band. Yeah, we're we're very fortunate that um, you know the marching Illini members they're they're treated as rock stars across this campus most of the time. Um, yeah. And uh, there's tremendous backing uh, for for our students and for the organization, and that's something that is a part of the fabric and tradition here. So that's something that takes time to continue to develop and to nurture, and we certainly mm-hmm. don't take that for granted, but yeah, we're, we're very fortunate that uh, we, we are part of a very positive culture here. Yeah. Yeah. So if you could go back in time and you could talk to yourself as a first year teacher, high school band director, um, K through 12, what would you give, what, what one piece of advice would you tell yourself? You know, I think I think we get so wrapped up in and and I'm a very competitive person. Why they shouldn't say that, but you know, um, I I want anything that I'm associated with to be the very best, and and not at the health and risk of our students by any means. But I think initially, and it wasn't about trophies; it was still really about people. But you know, so many things are defined by getting first place. And, of course, I wanted that for my students, and I think there was probably more of a push back then to do whatever it would take personally or even time-wise. And I think over time I've realized, boy, we just need to care more for our students than ever before and making sure that they're, yes, having a positive experience. But also, again, it kind of goes back to what I said earlier, that um, the health and well-being of our students is most important. And... For many of us in music education, music may be the number one thing that we focus on, but I think more than now than ever before, we have to focus on our students. And music can be a great channel to get to them, but Mm -hmm. many of our students are participating in these programs because it may be for social reasons. They want to be part of something bigger than than themselves. Um, And I think that's an important part that if I would do it over again, I think I would focus even a little bit more. And I felt like I did a good job of taking care of our students, but would focus more on that than ever before. And I think this year for me being year seven, I'm really paying close attention to how much time we take our students out of classes, how much time that we're asking them to give to this university based on other performances. Um, So really paying close attention to that. Awesome. That's a, that's a great answer. And I, I really agree. It is about the students. Um, on on that 100%. Uh, all right, so that concludes the interview portion of this. Before I let you go, we're going to do a quick rapid-fire session. Actually, we're oh, calling thanks. it double time for this Big Ten tour. Awesome. Um, so I'm just going to ask you some questions, and I just want you to respond with the first thing that comes to your mind. Ready okay. To go? Ready. Let's go. All right. Favorite stand tune. Oh, everybody's everything. Santana. Favorite instrument to play? Trumpet. Nice. Um, Today, when you get in your car, what do you listen to on the way home? Ooh, that's a tough one. That's a real... 
I listen to so much. I know that's not rapid fire answer. <laughs> um, it varies. It really does vary. Yeah, that's a that's a horrible answer, but yeah. Okay, it varies. Well, quite a bit. all right. Yeah. But will it be music? What's that? Or do you listen to music or like podcasts? Oh, absolutely. Music, yeah. Music shows? all the way. Yeah. Okay. Except um, I'm going to start listening to this podcast. So. Yes. <laughs> all right. Excellent. <laughs> Good. I saw you like the Facebook page, actually, so yes. props to you. That's awesome. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> All right. What is a quote that you live by? Um, today's excellence is tomorrow's mediocrity. Yes. I love that. Um, all right. Here's a question. What is next for you? Ooh, like today or tomorrow? <laughs> <laughs> today. After after this interview, what what's on your schedule? Um, I actually have a number of uh, meetings today with athletics and uh, some folks that are wanting to feed the marching Illini for free, so that's a good thing. Wow. Um, but, yeah, a lot of lot of logistical meetings and so forth um, moving forward today. Sounds, sounds like a couple nice meetings. Okay. Yep. Last question. Um, so this is typically the football coach's job, but – Let's say that um, the top marching band recruit in the country is interested in playing uh, for your marching band next year at Illinois. Uh-huh. If you could recruit that person, what would what would be your pitch? My pitch, honestly, it would be the same pitch that I give every student because I look at every student very much in the same way. Okay. I know. Probably not the answer you're looking for, but it's it's something that, again, we have, again, a number of talented students, and um, oftentimes when we bring recruits even into my office, I'm not trying to recruit against Illinois, but oftentimes I'm, I'm challenging them of why they even want to join this organization, understanding the time commitment, um, the level sure. of excellence, and so that's really the true test right there, regardless of even talent just to see if they have a want and a will to be part of something, then we're going yeah. to see that come through in their in their answers. Hopefully that. Yeah, absolutely. Clarify. I love that approach. That's a I'm a I'm a basketball coach, and I've been reading a lot of basketball books lately. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's exactly what John Calipari says, and he recruits the number one recruiting class in the nation for basketball every year. So. Yeah. Definitely, a very very excellent answer. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I cannot tell you how much I appreciated this. Well, thank you for the opportunity, Kevin. I really appreciate the time that you put forth into uh, recognizing, again, so many of the, the colleagues in the Big Ten and taking some time this morning to talk with me. Truly, truly such a fun experience for me to talk to to that guy um, about marching band and about what he does because he has so much passion. All right. Here is our trivia question of the week. Hans Zimmer, a successful German film composer and music producer. Um, He's composed music for over 150 films, including um, award-winning films like The Lion King, The Crimson Tide, The Last Samurai, Gladiator, The Dark Knight, Inception. I'm asking you listeners how much time does he have logged 
of formal music education. I'll say that one more time. How much time does Hans Zimmer have logged of formal music education? You can respond to this question on our website, www.tenutopodcast.com. Click on the trivia tab, and you can answer the question right there. Kevin Lenker, again, was our winner from last week. If you get this answer correct, you will get a shout-out in our next episode. I hope everybody's having a great last couple weeks of summer slash first couple weeks of school. And I look forward to speaking with you next Tuesday. Have a great week.